Hey guys, welcome back to Small Talk Japan, where we talk about everything Japan. I'm your host, Josh, and today I'm joined by... Alex, hello. Alex, long time no see. Yes, long time no see. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, I've been busy. Very busy. I've been outside of Kagoshima for the most of the last month and a half. Oh yeah, well, tell, tell me all about it after uh, the intro. All right. But today we're going to be talking about an Italian man who died in an apparent suicide in Tokyo Immigration. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Japan to extend their nationwide travel discount program. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to be talking about two different stories this week about wild, wild boars attacking uh, a railway that runs on something other than fuel. Okay. And the giant killing game of Japan versus Germany. Right. Okay. Japan is just going absolutely crazy about right now. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, let's roll that intro. Right, so where have you been? Um, I've been, I've been all over the place. Been to Nikko, been to Kunisaki. Uh, where else have I been? Tokyo a couple of times. Um, well, I, I don't know, all over the place. I've kind of lost track of it. To be honest with you. Yeah, I've seen your Instagram. You're posting a bunch of pictures, doing all these things. Yeah, yeah. It's not as fun as it looks. <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty fun, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always looks good because you edit the photos, right? But um, <laughs> no, no. It's it's yeah, a lot of work, but you know, I get to see some interesting places. So, I just did a, a fire ritual at the top of a mountain. Uh, in Oita Prefecture. A fire ritual? Yeah, so like uh, goma, uh, gomataki they call it. It's like a Shingon, esoter- oh no, that was Tendai, esoteric Buddhist ceremony. Okay. Where you make a massive fire at the top of a mountain and like, you know, priests beating drums and praying and all that kind of thing. That sounds that pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, no, it was crazy, man. It was like a, you know, like a chain that you have to climb up to get to the top of the mountain and stuff. Yeah. That was fun. I enjoyed that. And so this is all for your, your business? Yeah, yeah. So advising them about how to, you know, create travel content and how to package it all together and who to sell it to and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So if anybody wants to climb up a mountain, uh, burn a fire, get in touch with me and I'll <laughs> point you in the right direction. Japanese Burning Man? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Less drugs, though. <laughs> Is that more or less fun? Yeah, no, it's uh, both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make your own entertainment. That's the difference, right? All right. Well, let's get into it. So, uh, an Italian man died in apparent suicide at Tokyo Immigration. Mm-hmm. So officials say that at six o'clock in the morning, he, uh, between six and seven a.m., he was seen in his room after he was uh, taken away by immig- detained in a facility, and he apparently took his life using a TV power cord, making him the, I think the thirteenth, seventeenth uh, foreigner to have died due to illness or suicide in Japanese immigration mm. since 2017. Right, that's a lot. Right, a high number. Why was he detained? Uh, it doesn't say exactly why he was detained or any any of the details about it, but it just says that he was detained and mm. killed himself. Like there was a the article earlier this year about uh, where was she? There was a woman who had who got like extremely sick and then she complained about it and then she got uh, like, from Sri Lanka or something yeah, like that, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I saw like a follow-up article that said like they end up losing the court case too. Right. I right? see. Like, I mean, there's not really a great deal of information about it in that article. So it's hard to t- say why, you know, why he was detained for a start, what kind of conditions he was in. Yeah. You know, if he asked for any help or not, if right. he was depressed or whatever, you know, this, you need to know the full story really before making any judgment. But I'm guessing that, you know, that the immigration authorities probably aren't that 
uh, sensitive to people's psychological needs. Yeah. Um, I mean, so. Japan in general, I feel, isn't as, I don't know, like attentive to mental illnesses. and. Well, no, uh, no, I don't think that's true. I think it's the same in many countries because people say they are, but they're not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I know I've, I've dealt with it personally so many times with not myself, but through other people. And um, a lot of people say they are, but they're, they're, when it gets down to brass tacks, they're really not. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, no, it's a tricky issue. But it, I think in Japan, people are very sympathetic, but they're not very empathetic. So they can mm. say, oh, that must be tough for you. But they don't think, you know, why might that be tough and how might it feel, right? Right. So I, I see a lack of kind of empathy, really. Um, but I guess that's because it's a very homogenous society and people tend to grow up with very similar experiences. Right. Generally, right? You go to elementary school, you kind of have a similar kind of sports day, a similar kind of, you know, classes at school, similar uniforms, similar food. Um, so there are regional differences, but they're not super pronounced. So I guess it's easy to kind of understand what other people's lives might be like. Um, but when it becomes somebody who's completely alien and foreign and things like that, it's very, very difficult for them to imagine, you know, what that might be like. Um, so, you know, it's an education issue, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like just like you said, uh, oh, we recently finished uh, a People of Kagoshima video about school lunches, mm -hmm. and even though the the school lunches that the school for the school lunches that we made, they do a lot more like farm to table stuff, and it's a little bit unique. I was still kind of surprised by like how similar it was to like uh, several other videos that I watch about like school lunches in other mm -hmm. parts all over Japan. It's like they do basically the same thing in every. I think well, there's a difference between like municipal schools and ones in the regions. There is a big difference there in how the lunches are divided and stuff like that. But the ones in the countryside kind of have the similar kind of stuff, right? So right. it's all, um, you know, working with local farmers or the kids do some agricultural experience or there's a bit more understanding as to where the the ingredients come from and stuff like that. Do you That's have anything an, like that in England? Um, probably not. Um, maybe in super rural communities or something like that. I mean, there was a movement a couple of years ago by Jamie Oliver, the chef, to try and get people to understand school lunches a bit more uh, and to educate kids about nutrition and stuff like that. So I guess maybe that's still going on. I don't know. But um, I'd say that Japan's doing a good job, really, with the you know the food education part as far as kids are concerned. And Japan does have a good food culture. You know, it's, it's quite varied. There's a lot of foreign food... Um, People are, you know, interested in the process of creating food and the ingredients and stuff like that. But I think there is a bit of a mythology surrounding farming in Japan that it's like super superior when it's really not. You know, it's like by yield, it's actually quite poor farming wise. I mean, it's nowhere near um, Canada or the USA for food production. Right. Um, so there is a bit of a mythology around that. But, you know, yeah. I mean, farm to table is another misnomer as well, because people say it all the time, like, oh, farm to table, farm to table. But I don't think I've ever had a vegetable that's not from a fucking farm. Do you know what I mean? It's come from a farm <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. It might true. be a farm that's using pesticides, but it's still a farm. Right. So, you know, I, I do understand the, you know, organic side of things and stuff like that. But still, the terminology is a bit weird. Yeah, I think it more has to do with like having a local farmer growing it versus it being like a massively produced yeah. Product. Well, local produce would sum that up, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, it was an interesting video. And, you know, the nutritionist woman was kind of uh, like a cute older lady or whatever. Yeah. Um, what, what did she say her favorite junk food was? Uh, 
Um, Nikuman. Nikuman, yeah. yeah. So she was thinking, what's the least junk food thing I could possibly say? Yeah, I know. Say? Like, I was expecting her to say like a double cheeseburger or yeah, something. No, or something. no. I can't imagine her going to McDonald's. <laughs> She'd probably rather, yeah, eat something else. Yeah, well, if you want to check out that video, that video should probably be out soon, right? When I get around to it. Yeah, yeah. So next probably, couple of days. So probably I'll, today or tomorrow. I'll, I'll link it in the uh in the video description or up above yeah uh anyways so japan is extending its nationwide travel discount program so is that the go-to travel yeah go to travel have you used that at all i used it last year um to go to naoshima i think with my family um which is fine you know we got some discounted hostel stay and we got some coupons to spend in destination but I, I'm actually kind of against this whole idea anyway. So why are you... Well, first, uh, let me read about yeah, this yeah. first, and then you can tell me why you're against it. But uh, the government is planning to extend its nationwide travel discount program, which was originally set to end in late December, Tourism Minister Tetsuo Saito said Friday. Uh, so while they are extending it, they are going to be reducing the amount uh, that they're discounting from it's current 40% to 20%. And they're also going to be giving uh, fewer coupons and things like that. But it looks like they are extending it, hopefully, they say, to uh, improve the tourism program. But So tell me, why are you against it? Um, well, the, the problem with the domestic Japanese travel industry, this is going to be very, very long. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll try and keep it as short as possible. The problem with the domestic travel industry is that basically it's kind of um geared around cheap kind of uh packaged experiential travel so it's like a group of people usually i mean sometimes it's families and stuff now um and they're trying to get something for as less as possible as cheap as possible um and it's kind of disposable as well right it's a seasonal holiday um that has been created on a kind of yearly basis or whatever by a travel company uh sold short term and it's intended to be replaceable as well they'll replace it with something similar but it'll be replaced by something else right so it's not a long-term strategy yeah and by making that cheaper all you're doing really is educating the market that they don't have to pay as much to travel and one of the problems with travel in japan is that especially from the inbound perspective actually prices are too low yeah we need to increase the prices to increase revenue to support local stakeholders um so that the travel um, you know, um, environment can continue for another generation. And at the pace it's going at the moment, it's not going to because, you know, they're underpricing everything. So once you get into that discounting mentality, I think it's a very slippery slope. Mm. You know, you're just going to cheapen everything even more. I mean, if you look at regional hotels in Japan, there's so many business hotels and they're god awful. I mean, they're really yeah. bad. They're just like little boxes with a tiny bed. And- yeah, and like a, a plastic you know set bathroom or whatever and and all that kind of shit and they're not really suitable for most international travelers um and even japanese travelers these days i suppose um so one of the trouble that we got with uh, go to travel is that um people would basically go to somewhere they can't afford normally which is fine to do and i understand why they would do that but it doesn't really generate the kind of customer market that you want to at these kind of hotels you know what I mean? There is a reason why they cost more money. Um, and, you know, people just looking for cheap discounts and things like that don't make the best customers all the time. So I'm I'm kind of against the whole idea. I think it's going backwards instead of going forwards to where Japan needs to go next. 
which is, you know, thought out, curated, long-term travel content, a reasonable price to support local economies um, instead of just discounting everything. And basically the big travel companies are the only ones who are really making any money out of this because mm. the coupons are so hard to deal with on the, the ground for the travel uh, industry side that it actually just creates more labor. You know, it's a hugely complicated process to get everything through. Um, and, you know, it's causing problems um, that s businesses that aren't at scale can't deal with. So really it only benefits the big travel companies anyway. So it's like another handout from the government, uh, which is something that I really don't, you know, think is a good idea. Can uh, people who are visiting Japan benefit from these go-to travel no, discounts? No, it's domestic. Is yeah. it all domestic? Yeah, it's domestic, yeah. Are they doing anything to, like, in, uh, what do you call it, try and get more international tourism? Um, aside from opening the borders up, no, not really. And then promotion, again, is obviously starting to wind up. So there's a lot more journalist trips. Um, you know, there's going to be a big push for new websites and stuff like that early next year. There's probably right. going to be a lot more video content out there. Um, but as far as discounts go, there's not a lot on. I mean, airlines might be doing something. Right. But as far as uh, inbounds concerned, I don't think so. So do you have any recommendations for our international viewers that want to Where visit to Japan? Where to go? Yeah. Um, I actually just got back from Kunisaki in Oita Prefecture. And Kunisaki, I highly recommend. I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, the, I, I go so many places now. And I've seen so much of Japan that, you know, I'm a little bit jaded as well. Um, but it, once you've been to Tokyo and Kyoto, and you, you've got to go to those places if you're coming for the first time. After that, heading into the countryside is really worth it, I think. And um, Kunisaki it seemed like a really good mix of kind of local villages, a uh, little bit of craft, uh, outdoor hiking, you know, hiking up really steep mountain faces and stuff like that. And also Buddhism as well. Like the local Buddhist culture there was really interesting. So to me, it seemed like a pretty good mix and also not too expensive as well. So, and very few people are. So can like anybody join in on those kind of like Buddhist, uh, what do you call it? Like festivals or? Um, you can, but uh, you have to generally go through a company to do it. So mm. there's a few. I mean, there's obviously Walk Japan's a super famous one that's been around for years. Uh, they do very good tours. Um, you can also uh, find a local guide in Kunisaki as well if you went there. Um, and, and that's something to do as well. And of course, Kagoshima, if you come down to Kagoshima. I'm actually making a new uh, course at the moment related to samurai culture. Um, so kind of, it's got a little bit of martial arts in it. It's got a little bit of um, crafts and uh, traditional music and stuff like that as well. And access to places and kind of people that you wouldn't normally be able to, to meet or get into. Um, and I've kind of curated that with an idea of getting away from the idea of, you know, just dressing up as a samurai and holding a sword and taking a taking photo. Taking a selfie and... Yeah, yeah. So something a bit <laughs> deeper, a bit more authentic. Right. So traditions that have been going on for hundreds of years and actually finally being able to see those. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about the uh, the live stream or...? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, live streams generally for travel industry people. Okay, so it's not open to the public. I mean, if people want to watch it, I don't see why they can't. Let me think about that. I'll think about it. Okay. Um, if maybe, it if, maybe by the end of the episode, yeah, Alex will have some By news. the end of the episode, I will have decided what, <laughs> what I'm going to do with uh, the government funding I've been granted. Yeah. All right. And I'll check it out. Uh, I think, yeah, maybe why not? I, I'm happy for people to join. 
Yeah. Okay. Then maybe at the end, if you stick around to the end of the episode, Alex has a special treat for you then. Yes. <laughs> uh, next article. I'll shoot. Nagoya police officer draws gun, defends people from charging wild boar. You just said, I'll shoot Nagoya police officer. So that <laughs> no, means there, there you're going to shoot a Nagoya police officer. So there, there, was a, there was a space. I'll shoot Nagoya police officer. You're Hawaiian, so you can't say it in a way that sounds meaningful. Like, I'll <laughs> shoot. It's like, you won't. You know, you don't sound like you're going to shoot anyone. It's the chilled out Hawaiian vibe. It's not working. Yeah. Do you even have police in Hawaii? Yeah, we do, but I mean... They don't do anything. They're chill. Just like, yeah, pretty chill. hey, how's it going? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, right. I've actually never had any kind of interaction with a police officer... Whatever. Like, ...in my 19 years that I lived in Hawaii. Did you ever say hello to one or anything like that? Like or? like when I went on a field trip to the... What do you call it? Police. To, to the police station. Headquarters. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so, yeah. What do you guys do all day? I don't know. Not much, honestly. Not a lot. <laughs> Not no, a same lot. as the islands in Japan. Yeah. Uh, but anyways at around 4.40 p.m. and uh, approximately one meter long boar charged towards 10 people who were in the area Mm -hmm. a 36 year old sergeant made a split decision to intervene believing the boar to be a mortal threat Mm -hmm. the officer got in front of the boar drew his gun and shouted that he would fire his weapon and the boar listened and decided to leave after that (laughs) is that right yeah so boars speak Japanese. Is that the lesson here? I guess so. That's crazy. That's Nagoya. Yeah, in, in Nagoya. Well, you know, Nagoya's known for its criminal activity. Yeah. And uh, gangs and stuff like that. So The boar gangs. Yeah, the boar gangs coming out there and causing problems. I'm quite impressed that the police officer actually acted instead of standing there and wondering what to do. Con- you know. So, okay, I... He said that he drew his gun. I didn't know that police officers in Japan actually carried guns. Yeah. It, do all of them do? Uh, I'm not sure if all of them do. A lot of them do. Okay. Yeah, yeah I've seen them on police officers quite a lot. Okay. But, I mean, they never use them. Yeah. Well, this guy was ready. Yeah, he, he was ready to he go. He said he was going to... It's just a boar. Just fucking shoot it. That's well, what I would have done. Well, he saved the boar's life so it can cause so, terror so it again. Cause, <laughs> so it can day. cause even more trouble. Did yeah. they catch it and get rid of it or something? Uh, it says that it flew away, or it flew away, it fled away into a grassy field. Right. So it didn't run into a local supermarket no. or something like that, or a kindergarten. No. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't do anything like that. And caused mass damage. <laughs> However, in another prefecture, yeah, city employee in Japan kills wild boar with spear mm. on elementary school grounds. Wow. So on Thursday morning, a same week, a couple days apart, a male boar appeared in the entrance of a an uh, Eon shopping center. Mm-hmm. It charged an old lady, knocked her down. It attacked uh, an older man, stabbed him in the leg. Mm-hmm. It fled into an elementary school because nobody threatened to shoot it. Right. And uh, the Masashiro Iwata, deputy chief of the agricultural division, mm-hmm pulled out a spear that he made out of a knife and pole and just stabbed it in the head. Where the fuck fuck did he have that? So it says that he always carries... uh, A knife. The knife with him because there are a lot of like wild animals in the area. So he just strapped that to a stick that he had just with him. Apparently. So it says, luckily the school's children were all inside at the time, sparing them both risk of injury and trauma of seeing a wild animal stabbed through the head with a 
makeshift spear. I think that would have been a good lesson. Yeah. You know. Uh, I'm just surprised he managed to fashion such an implement so quickly. I mean, I've been playing like zombie games on the computer previously. Yeah, you don't have any zombie weapons ready? And, you know, building the weapons just as you're getting attacked and stuff like that. You're like panicking and I drop the (laughs) controller. Oh, fuck. You know, it never goes right. (laughs) Can't imagine doing that in real life. Taping a a knife to a stick. I think it was something that he might have already had prepared. Yeah, that guy's fucked up if that's the case. Why has he got weapons ready at an elementary school? It says uh, usually they have rifles ready for really? such such a case. Right, right. But because it was in a school, they didn't want to do a school shooting. So Right, okay. So they he is like, pull out my trusty spear that I have fashioned. Nice. And he took out the boar. It says wow. uh, the boar's body was transported to a local facility that specializes in the cleaning of wild game and mm-hmm. its meat will be supplied to nearby restaurants. It's too bad, though, that the city and the animal couldn't have just talked things out like the officer in Nagoya recently. Is that what it says? Yeah. (laughs) No way. They should give the meat to the school. The kids can eat it. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. The kids should basically roast the thing like Lord of the Flies style. They should have to fight the boar. Yeah. And And then they can make their own knife and and fight. Whoever wins can take the boar's head. Yeah. And use it as a helmet. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, uh, I'm glad this should be on like a proper news show. You know, this kind of commentary. You don't really get this kind of insightful debate on yeah. <laughs> uh, your average t- Japanese TV news. That's true. Um, in fact, if we wanted to make it more like Japanese TV news, what you should do is insert like a 10 minute long commercial uh, about some new product that's been released and some like dopey talent that's, you know, promoting it. Yeah, what what's up with that? Like, I know every morning news. Uh, my wife watches the news every morning. Every morning, there's like a 15 minute segment where they like go to new restaurant or they look at like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's selling at Mujirushi right now? Top five best yeah, selling. Yeah, yeah. And uh, with XYZ talent who's, yeah. you know, who's appeared at the thing and then says one line that's funny. It's such bullshit. Japanese TV news is made to sell products. And then they always have the wipe where the people in the studio are like, Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, that looks good. We should do like an insert at the bottom with Mitch's face in. And yeah. <laughs> every time we do like a comment, he has to go like... <laughs> yeah. It's best when they have like music on and they've got like... Uh, recently, on I can't remember which channel it is. There's a program called The Time on yeah. in the, the morning, right? The Time, yeah. All in capital letters with a comma at the end of it for some reason. I mean, that egregious use of <laughs> punctuation just makes me want to smash the TV. But uh, anyway, I watch it because it's on. Um, and there's like a girl from Nogizaka something or other, one of these groups, you know, like oh, AKB48. Yeah. And every time music comes on, they always focus on her. Yeah. And she's at the bottom of the screen going like, like trying to nod along she, to she it can, like this. She can bob to the rhythm better. She's bobbing than... along. But when they change to a different like tempo of tune, she suddenly has to switch up to do it faster. <laughs> and then it switches back to a slow one. She starts nodding like it's hilarious. It entertains me no end. Is that um, her in- entire job? Is yeah, that's that her entire job. It's just to sit there and nod, looking like, you know, average, like she does. Yeah, well, I mean, Japanese TV is, yeah, not the best, I would say. Yeah, well, I suppose it's like mindless, in it, entertainment for, yeah. um, I mean, I can't really talk because, I mean, British TV's got like Big Brother and what kind of reality TV, Get Me Out of the Jungle or whatever it's called. How many channels do you have in England? Basic channels are five. So there's BBC One, Two, ITV, Channel Four, and Channel Five, and then obviously you've got all the cable networks and yeah. Sky TV and all that kind of stuff as well. But I mean, when I was a kid, I think there were three. 
maybe four. Channel four came on when I was a kid, I think. And then Channel 5 came on uh, when I was a teenager, I think. I had cable TV growing up. So, like, in America, we have, like, a thousand channels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, when I moved to Japan, I was, like... Is like, that it? Like, and there are, like, six channels. Yeah, so, yeah. What, what, what do I watch? And, yeah. like, five of them are the news. It's crazy, man. TV now is mad. Like, you know, Mad Men, uh, the drama series. I was watching something about that the other day on YouTube or whatever. And they said Mad Men was a successful TV show. But only something like five or six percent of the population of the US actually saw it. Like a tiny number. Yeah. But back in the day, like when, you know, I Love Lucy and all these kind of big TV shows were on, it was like, you know, fifty percent or forty percent of the population saw yeah. it. Yeah. So it's just like now the numbers are getting smaller and smaller. Because there's so many segments and so many channels, you know. Right. And then there's Netflix, there's YouTube. Yeah. There. yeah. Like I mean, I, I don't even really watch tv at home anymore yeah. now i like i look through netflix or you know amazon or whatever and I, I just think do i want to invest 37 minutes of my time in this i always look at the time you know in the comments mm. and i think mm, nah next one and then i end up watching like short videos on youtube or something yeah it's just bizarre because it's such a waste of time and i know yeah. it is but i always end up doing that for some reason so unless something looks really really good or i'm invested in it i just won't bother yeah i mean that's I think that's why I've kind of like just stopped watching movies right, in general. Right. Like whenever I'm like, oh, I feel like watching a movie today on Netflix. I know I'm going to like finish eating and then I'm going to have like an extra hour and a half. I was like, do I really want to watch this movie? That's unhealthy though, isn't it? Attention spans going yeah. so short. I mean, I can watch a really nice movie on a day off if I've got lots of time, but yeah. Now I should start watching movies all the way to the end again. I mean, I, when I start, I watch it to the end, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, it's the starting, right? Right. Getting off the ground with it anyway. Right. Well, uh, that, as they mentioned, that boar is going to be taken back to be eaten. Maybe it can be used as a fuel source like this Amaterasu railway, which now <laughs> runs on leftover tonkotsu ramen broth. Oh, fucking hell. Really? Yeah. So the... Uh, Amaterasu Railway in Miyazaki Prefecture is a popular local train that takes passengers on a gorgeous 30-minute journey through the spectacular scenery. And it's well-known because it has an open roof. Okay. And up until recently, the uh, the guests would have to smell the smell like the fuel burning. Right, right. And that wasn't like the best smelling thing, but okay. they uh, created a type of uh, biodiesel fuel made out of leftover tonkotsu ramen broth so now instead of a toxic burning smell the reporter uh, the writers report smelling aromas of fried rice along the way fried rice so i guess move over uh water powered cars of the future yeah we can just use ramen broth just use ramen discarded ramen yeah that sounds disgusting actually yeah i mean actually like uh, Kagoshima is known for tonkotsu ramen. Yeah, yeah. And the restaurants, like the food, it tastes good, but the restaurants, they smell like crap. No, they smell bad, yeah. I mean, I'm not that much of a fan of tonkotsu ramen anyway. Yeah, like, I'm not either. Too have it now and then, but, yeah. you know, I wouldn't like be desperate to eat it, I don't think. Yeah. And uh, actually, Kagoshima, I'm going to hit slag off Kagoshima a little bit now because Kagoshima's ramen is so expensive as well compared to Fukuoka or whatever. Is it? Yeah, I mean, Kawashima is like a thousand yen, right? Mm. About. So Fukuoka is like 700. Mm -hmm. And their tonkotsu ramen is obviously more famous. Right. So, yeah, it's weird. But 
Yeah. Well, if you like ramen, go for it. Whatever. Go to Coquinta and have like a, a small ramen at three o'clock in the morning. It tastes all right. Yeah. And that's the right. hangover or the, what do you call it? The drunk food of Japan, right? Yeah. That's the uh, the doner kebab of Japan. Is that what you eat in England? Yeah. Yeah. Kebabs. Yeah. I, even in Japan, actually, if I'm Roppongi or something like that, they've got yeah. kebab shops there. So good. Yeah, we used to have a few kebab shops in Kagoshima, but I don't know. Yeah, they've all gone, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why. I used to go all the time too. So yeah. Well, I wonder what drunk food is in America. Like I, I grew uh, my like adult career, my adult lifehood has been in Japan, so I've never really had like a drunk right. phase in America. In Hawaii, guess, like, you have lokomoko, whatever it's called. Yeah, lokomoko. <laughs> it's a real thing. Uh, you know what that is, right? <laughs> I have no idea. Spam. It, no, no, no. Lokomoko is like a. It's basically like a hamburger steak with gravy and a fried egg on rice. Right. That's it. Oh, they have something like that in Japan, right? I've yeah. I mean, a lot of restaurants sell it in Japan. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Anyway, in England, it's a doner kebab. Uh, what's Not your favorite anywhere. drunk food? Comment down below. Drunk food. Anything bread or cheese. Yeah. My, my, like, I, I've stopped it recently, but my old bad habit was like going home drunk, stopping at the convenience, grabbing like a bunch of bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just like chowing down, waking up and seeing all the rappers and being like, oh God. And then carbohydrate yeah. hell. Yeah, yeah, next day just feeling. Yeah. Anyways, on to the biggest news all of right. the week. What's happening? World Cup, have you have you heard about it? No, no. Yeah, there's this uh, thing happening in Qatar. A lot of controversy. Wow, soccer. Yeah. I, are you a soccer fan? Soccer. Uh, no, I'm not really a football fan. Football? No, we're talking about soccer, not football. No, no we're definitely talking <laughs> about football. Um, n- not really. I mean, I, I usually watch the World Cup when it rolls around, but I'm not that interested in football, to be honest with you. But um, I did hear Japan did quite well. They did. So Asia on the march as Japan comes from behind to stun Germany 2-1. to one. Right. So this was a, a really big game where uh, Germany was basically dominating uh, Japan through most of the game. They had mm. they had one point over them, and then Japan got two points to catch up and win. And yeah, like basically uh, everyone I've talked to that's Japanese, like when I ask them, like, "Oh, how's your week going?" Everyone's like. It's a great week. I'm like, right. Oh, what happened? Like right. Japan won. I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I I didn't watch it, but can they win again? That's the question. What's the next one? Costa Rica, something like that, right? Yeah, I think uh, Japan is expected to win the next game. So, yeah, but this is like the biggest upset so far in uh, the well, World e- Cup. Even though they got totally dominated through the whole game, yeah. and you know they got two, two good shots. I'm happy they scored yeah. and uh, and won. I mean, England does a very similar thing, right? You do a couple of good matches, and then they just get twatted to, <laughs> towards the end of the contest. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen this time? But yeah. yes, I mean, I'd love to do some kind of football pundit type commentary, but I have literally no idea what to say uh, about football. Yeah, well, I uh, we have a video of uh, the fans going a little crazy in Shibuya oh, right. crossing walk after the. So. Oh wow! Yeah, this are they, is are like they going right, to clean up after that? <laughs> <laughs> like right after the uh, the game ended. Right. It went crazy and the police had to like clear people afterward. But I'll tell you what they should do is they should clean up Shibuya once they finish celebrating. Yeah. There's fucking loads of shit on the streets of Shibuya. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, Japan is known for cleaning up yeah. in uh, 
the World Cup. Yeah. Which brings us to our next article. Uh, World Cup 2022. Japan's fans clean up mm-hmm. uh, stadium after win over Germany. So in kind of like a repeat of what happened in the previous World Cup after Japan lost, they cleaned up the stadium and what, since a punishment of some kind. No, hasn't to be nice. I think, but right. uh, since then Japan's really been known for like being like the nicest people in the world. Because- so just basically, did they just clean up their own shit or everybody's? Uh, they, I mean, they cleaned up the stadium. That's the whole stadium? I think so. Um, see, I don't know what to think of this, to be honest with you. Why is that? Because it's like, well, you know you're going to be on TV for it, right? It's the little soft power play by Japan. And uh, it's it's nice to volunteer and do stuff like that. It's a nice that. gesture. But what? Picking up everybody else's shit is a nice gesture. I don't, I don't agree with that. Well, Japan in general, I think, is pretty good about, like, Picking up trash and like picking yeah, but up not, after not everybody else's trash. That's you, true. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> They're giving some kind of myth that you know if you throw things out in Japan, someone's going to come and pick it up for you because it doesn't happen ninety nine percent of the time. The thing is with Japan, it's like you got to manage your own shit, and if you don't, somebody will be watching you. Yeah. So you got to manage your shit. So to be honest with you, like, do it, picking all this stuff up for everybody else is fine, and it's nice gesture and all that kind of stuff. But it's kind of giving the world a kind of biased viewpoint as to how things operate in Japan. Mm. You know, you operate, you you have to do things because you're coerced to do them. So, you know, it's great to have a clean society and things like that and not much rubbish. But that is in place because a lot of people are working very hard to keep it like that. And having somebody clean up at the World Cup and stuff like that is great soft PR and like, you know, soft power or whatever. But, you know, it's not, representative of the effort that's required to to keep the country like it is as well right and actually japan used to be fairly dirty up actually until the it was either the world cup when it was held in japan or the world's fair or something like that uh, there was a campaign to clean up the streets and that kind of stuck um and that's the reason why japan's kind of a clean country now mm. it wasn't always like that so I was talking to some older people the other day and they were telling me that they remember people just chucking stuff on the street and things like that. Yeah. So it's not always been like this. You know, it's quite a recent phenomenon. And it's good, it's good, but it's also, you know, takes a lot of hard work and effort. So what should happen is the other fans should clean up their own shit and take it home with them. That's the message here, I think. Not, oh, well done, Japan. You know, it's like, why don't yeah. you just take your own shit as well? <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, I mean, everybody will kind of like pick up on it but now i kind of feel like japan's dug themselves into a hole well they've got to do it every yeah, time now they're going to do yeah. it after every match yeah. so if they make it out of the uh what do you call it the yeah. first games well they're going to realize that nobody's going to learn from this they're just going to go away if we leave some stuff here the japanese are going to pick it up for us <laughs> yeah but like i at the same time i think japan enjoys it because like literally all the websites that i i use like instagram facebook uh reddit Everyone's just talking about like, oh, Japan, good job. Yeah, yeah, Thank but you. they're not doing it themselves. That's the thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just a bit of feel good. Yeah. Uh, nonsense. But, you know, well done. And uh, yeah, I hope everybody learns the lesson from this and yeah. learns to pick up their own trash. All right. But uh, continuing on with it, not only did they pick up trash. Oh, my God. What else did they do? Japanese World Cup team's manners, awesome as usual. Locker room picks after unexpected win show. So after the uh, Japanese soccer team 
uh, finished using the locker room, they decided to fold up some papers into origami mm-hmm. and write arigato and then not, Arabic, isn't it? Arabic, I think, and then probably says thank you and Japan. Wow. And they folded some cranes up as well. <laughs> you seem very impressed. <laughs> yeah, no, that's impressive. Oh, I want to see what the other locker rooms look like from the other teams. Yeah. That's a good uh, thing to see. You know, what are they, what kind of state could you possibly leave them in? Yeah, that's true. You know, should, should they just sit down after a game for a little bit and get changed? Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's good cleaning up and all that. And I, it's good PR, but it's just, I'm always skeptical of stuff like this because it's like, you know, what's the, what's the lesson here? What are we, what are we right. learning from this? So it's just a nice bit of PR, but what can you say? So, you know, cleaning up after yourself is important as well. So if you do come to Ryokan in Japan or something like a regional inn or something, you're supposed to fold up your futon and fold up all your sheets and stuff like that and leave it in a pile in the corner. You don't just leave your bed in a mess in the room as well. You're supposed to fold your bed up too. Um, and I bet nobody does that. I I read an article recently that I thought it said that you're not supposed to do that actually because, uh, oh, I think it was that you're not supposed to put it completely away because yeah not put it away because they're gonna have to like look at everything make sure you didn't forget everything but you should fold the futon up right and then fold up the sheets and put it on top of the futon in the room right so they can see that it's been tidied away at least right um you know so little things like that and leave things in basically not just chuck towels all over the place and at least fold them up and put them somewhere Yeah, not like an american uh hotel room where you just trash trash the motherfucker and leave you know um so that's kind of politeness and stuff as well um and obviously i mean i had a friend who came over and he like had some chewing gum and he just took it out of his mouth and swat it in the street like chucked it and i was like (laughs) whoa what are you doing (laughs) you know stopped him but um you know, these habits do kind of stick to you after a while. If you practice it for a, a little bit, you just start doing it without thinking. Yeah. And like, I'll be walking along and picking up rubbish on the street as well. I just chuck it in the nearest bin or whatever. Right. Because it does stand out when the streets are clean. That, um, the one thing, though, is like it's hard to do that because there aren't a lot of bins around that's true japan yeah yeah yeah. like there are times that i see trash on the ground but i don't want to like put it in my bag or something yeah yeah so i'm always like uh, convenience store yeah that's the place to go um but yeah or the the bins for cans and pet bottles next to uh vending, vending machines, machines. Oh, i hate it when people do that i just like, squeeze any old shit in if it'll fit fuck, if don't it'll, do that man if it'll fit it's garbage no, um, you know, the the interesting thing is if you go to some places, it says uh, cans in one side and bottles in the other. And then it's the same it's bag. It's the same bag. <laughs> so it's like, what is the point of this? You yeah, know? that's but, true. You know, what can you say? I mean, you did a thing on rubbish in Japan, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, I didn't. Did you up, ever upload it? No, Why? I didn't. Uh, it, there were a few different reasons for it. Was one, it too sensitive? It was like I made it. And then, like, right as I finished it was, like, when Corona started getting bad. Right. And so, I don't know. I felt like it was kind of, like, bad timing. Right, And then, like, the more I waited, the less relevant it became because, like, Japan started, like, what do you call it? We we stopped using, uh, they stopped giving out plastic bags. Mm -hmm. And that was one big point that I talked about. And they changed a lot of things. And then eventually I was just kind of like, well. I can't be bothered. Yeah. Yeah, you should put it up anyway, though. Why not? I thought it was an interesting documentary. It was pretty good. Um, I, it was good practice. I, I mean, mean, there was a lot of uh, stuff about the the actual 
process of getting rid of garbage in Japan that was quite surprising. Yeah, that was the one part that I I did wish that I could uh, have yeah. released the plastic waste center or plastic recycling center. Mm-hmm. That was like a really eye-opening kind of a nightmare situation. Right. So yeah, they were yeah. like sorting through the trash and pulling out like all the needles that they had and stuff like that. that right. Was, that was what kind of needles? Uh, mostly insulin shot needles. Right. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. like a lot of people apparently don't know how to dispose of it correctly, so they just like put it into a plastic bottle, a plastic bottle or right. something, toss it in. Yeah. So like, so like they were like, and here's where we keep all our needles for the day, and it was like one day was like, like a thousand needles or Jesus something. Christ. It's just mad. a bunch of like women like pulling it out with their hands. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Wow. So, you know, clear up after yourself is the lesson yeah. learned. So don't just go clapping at the Japanese fans and commenting about it on social media. Yeah. Change your behavior to, yeah. to match it. That's Everybody the only message from me. Pick up after yourself. Pick up after yourself. Don't just go chucking it on the floor like that. Yeah, as I toss this new story. You toss that on the floor. (laughs) But you're going to pick it up in a minute. That's true. That's true. Uh, So you want to tell us about what what we're doing or? So, I mean, like this is, it's ideal. It was supposed to be for travel agents and media only. Okay. But maybe I'll just make it open to the public as well. I'm not sure. I need to think about that. But if I do, I'll I'll put a message out via the social media. Maybe we'll post a little something on small talk yeah. if you want to know about a special live stream experience. So I'm basically introducing a tour around Kagoshima that I'm putting together at the moment with the Ministry of Cultural Affairs introducing uh, Jigenryu, which is like swordsmanship that's about 400 years old here in Kagoshima. Uh, also Ajikam, which is like a, a method of meditation that used to be used back then. It's different to Zen. It's com- completely different to that. Uh, and then uh, Satama Ware Pottery. Uh, we're going to meet the master potter, Chinjikan uh, Kiln, and learning about his stuff. Uh, and then also a really rare performance of Satama Biwa, which is like an instrument that was played here by the samurai as well. So it's like very, very uh, niche content, right? Not that you can see generally in Japan. Yeah, a lot of uh, those people are connections that we can only get because it's you. Like, Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's been a hard slog getting them to cooperate, but, you know, thankfully we've got there. So, yeah, it should be really cool. Yeah, I know it's good, good content. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that's everything for today. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, hit like and subscribe for more. Uh, let us know in the comments below who you're rooting for in the World Cup. England, obviously. England. Uh, I'm, I'm rooting for Japan, I think. Well, Hawaii, aren't it? <laughs> well, I'm still an American. Oh, USA, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah we're still about there. that. Anyway. But uh, any other questions you want to ask? No, I'm done. I'm good? done. I'm done. All right. Well, I'm if you have here. any questions for Alex, <laughs> then let us know. Thanks again for watching. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. And a special thank you to our supporters on Patreon. Jan Myler, Jen, Justin Perkins, Ellen, Dennis P., and Ellen Mary. You guys rock.